Hello, Endurance Innovation listeners. Uh, our little podcast is about to turn three. So in light of that, uh, I decided to take a look at the 10 most popular episodes of the Endurance Innovation podcast. And we're uh, on episode 151 that you're currently listening to. So the 10 most downloaded episodes of 150 episodes um, and uh, share them with you, kind of give a brief summary of what we talked about during those episodes and also share how, how I think about those topics today. Andrew's uh, traveling this week, so I'll be on my own. Here's the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. And I'm Michael. And this is the Endurance Innovation Podcast. To kick things off, we have our conversation with Bruce Rogers on using heart rate variability to estimate the aerobic threshold. Uh, this is a conversation we had with Bruce back in January of 2021, so over a year ago, and uh, it is to date our most downloaded episode. And uh, this one was really fun too, because uh, this was a very fresh topic of conversation in the sports physiology world. Um, and uh, when we published our, our chat with Bruce, we got a lot of uh, really positive feedback and a lot of questions and um, requests to connect uh, the listener, the, the given listener with Bruce, which we, of course, did. Um, and then Bruce very kindly came back on the show and he answered many of our listener questions and my own questions around the, the procedure, um, and for which I'm still very much grateful to Bruce. Um, and so very, very uh, high level summary of this was... Uh, that uh, Bruce and uh, colleagues worked on a mathematical model to use uh, heart rate variability monitored during a bout of exercise to estimate um, this intensity uh, breakpoint, this lower th uh, threshold, uh, LT1, VT1, or aerobic threshold. And to me, this had a ton of promise because this lower threshold is, is notoriously difficult to estimate without a full uh, lab workup or at least without a, a lactate test. Uh, so the promise of doing it just with, a, with an accurate heart rate um, monitor and a, uh, a simple program was was very attractive. Uh, I tried it on myself numerous times, both running and cycling, uh, and I also used it in my coaching practice to varying degrees of success. Uh, and so I was, uh, I was very gung-ho about it. Um, and currently, I'm a little bit less bullish on the practice, uh, mostly because I found a lot of difficulty using it for running. Um, in fact, I would say that for running this technique does not work and that is not because the um the theory maybe isn't sound it's so difficult to get an accurate um measurement of the the beat to beat variability which of course is what hrv is reliant on that you end up very often with most runners at least the one, most of the runners that i've tested and myself included uh, it's very difficult to get a good enough signal to to get uh, an accurate measure of the lower threshold. So I don't use it for running at all. For cycling, uh, I do use it sometimes still, but I do find that with a uh, a good number of uh, folks that I've tried it with, and of course I've only maybe tried it with a half dozen individuals, so my sample size is very small. There have been cases where it is uh, quite overestimated, um, where so that where the power number that I get at this breakpoint of DFA alpha one is higher than other tests or other estimations of that lower uh, threshold are. Um, and that's dangerous, in my opinion, because uh, 
uh, overestimating that threshold can easily lead to overtraining or, or training not in a in an optimal manner. So I've gone back to other ways of uh, estimating the that aerobic threshold, uh, some of which we've uh, spoken about very recently with uh, Maximilian Hoflich, who was on our show uh, maybe four four weeks ago. Um, but still, it was a fascinating conversation and. Uh, um, just because something doesn't work or doesn't work quite as uh, as I had expected it to work, um, doesn't mean that it wasn't uh, like a brilliant innovation and something that that we should be we should continue to follow up on. Number two on this list uh, from just about a year ago, early May 2021, was our conversation on VO2max with uh, Kali Moore. Um, Kali is uh, is somebody, if you're interested in uh, physiology, specifically in cycling, you should absolutely be uh, paying attention to. Uh, he has his own podcast, uh, the Empirical Cycling Podcast, which is awesome. Uh, and he's uh, a very knowledgeable uh, you know, coach and uh I don't know if you consider himself a sports scientist, but he definitely wades fairly deep into the uh, into that uh, into that pond. Um, so we had Kali on to talk about his thinking about uh, um, well his definition of VO two max and uh, his thinking about why it's important to cyclists and you know endurance athletes as a whole, and also his thoughts on on how to train it. Um, I as I said, I'm uh, still very much a big fan of of his work on the podcast, and uh, in my own coaching practice, I've adopted a number. of of his uh, uh, his recommendations and approaches, and uh, certainly one of the one of my go to resources for uh, training, especially on the bike. So, still very much uh, a fan of what Kali uh, is doing and uh, the information that he shared with us when he was on uh, a year ago. Number three on our list was a follow up appearance by cyclist and aerodynamicist Dan Bigham. Uh, Dan came back on our show. This was a second visit, as I mentioned, in November of 2021, right after he beat the UK hour record. So we spent the hour talking to Dan about uh, his attempt at the hour and his, of course, his success there, um, his recent races at the UK Nationals Time Trial Championships. Um, and uh, it was a, a really you know terrific conversation with Dan, as, as they usually are. Uh, we covered quite a breadth of topics. Obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about aerodynamics, but we also touched on tires. We talked about mental fatigue. We talked about bike handling. Um, and we also spoke about Dan's, uh, well, then recent book release. This was a really great conversation with uh, uh, an athlete and a scientist who kind of bridges that gap between um, the the application of sports science from a uh, more scientific and uh, practitioner approach to somebody who actually lives it and experiences it and on whose uh, on whose legs it, it it's tested in the field. So definitely worth a listen. Next on our list uh, from June of 2021, holy smokes, we were killing it in uh, 2021, it would seem, is uh, our, I believe this was our second interview with Marco Altini of HRV for Training. Marco was on to talk about HRV for Training's new at the time app that used live measurement of heart rate variability and variation in breath work to optimize that breathing pattern uh, for the the individual athlete and to allow them to enter the most uh, relaxed state of mind. Uh, and this was, uh, from my understanding, and uh, I'd have to go and re-listen to this conversation, uh, this app was both uh, a practical one, but also a little bit of a research one for, for him and his team, and yet another application for heart rate variability. 
Number five on our list was a conversation that we had uh, again in 2021, this time in September, with uh, Adam Kieran of Zero Friction Cycling. Um, Adam is is a true nerd's nerd. I mean, we've had a lot of uh, folks who who uh, who really specialize in their own little world of uh, endurance sport, and Adam is uh, is one of the paragons of of that kind of human. Uh, he, if you don't know who what zero friction cycling is all about, they are all about drivetrain efficiency, um, and he, I believe, is the only unaffiliated lab doing efficiency testing on drivetrains, uh, specifically on chains uh, and and lubricants, chain lubricants. But there, you know, uh, there are other things that he branches out into. Uh, he, he has an awesome blog on his uh, website um, and uh, YouTube channel, which is well worth checking out. His website was my initial inspiration to start waxing my chain, which is something that I do uh, now all the time for all of my bikes. Uh, and I'm never going back. Uh, and uh, as I've mentioned, he he dives very, very deeply into that world. And uh, when we had him on the show, he shared his experience, um, shared some uh, some of his reviews of of products, uh, some some uh, busted some myths, and uh, and gave very practical advice on how to, uh, without great expense or without a, a great investment of time, really save some non-trivial wattage for the cyclist who is concerned with such things as. Uh, I bet you listener are if you're listening to our show. Before I jump into number six on our list, uh, I will throw it back to you listeners. If there's a topic that you want us to cover or a question you want us to answer or uh, an expert that you want to hear from, let us know because uh, we're always looking for inspiration and there is no shortage of that in uh, you know the, the wide world of uh, smart people in endurance sport. So send us a note either by email or through our Instagram channel and we'll do our best to get you an answer or find that expert to invite to endurance innovation. Okay, number six. Now this one's funny because uh, <laughs> this was actually a rebroadcast of that Collie Moore episode that was number two on our list. So I won't go back into it, uh, but it goes to show how uh, uh, how many of you want to hear from Collie, even if it's uh, a repeat of uh, what, he, what he said to us uh, a few months ago. So this was uh, number six on our list is Collie Moore back for more. Coming in seventh uh, from July of 2021 was our conversation with uh, fellow podcaster and coach Michael Erickson on HR-based training. So not HRV, I almost said HRV, but no, heart rate-based training. Uh, Michael's been on our show a number of times, and uh, he's always one of my favorite folks to talk to because he is... uh, Sort of, I, I in the past I've uh, I've used the term of uh, you know a, a meta analysis of uh, of sports science because he he just talks to so many uh, so many smart people on his show uh, which is of course that triathlon show uh, and he has a very broad understanding of sports science and uh, that's why I enjoy talking to him and he always has uh, really terrific insights to share and uh, the reason he was on our show this time was to share his thoughts on using heart rate. Um, as a measure of intensity and training, uh, where he thinks it's useful, where he thinks it's less useful. Um, and the reason I wanted to have this conversation thinking back to it now was because, um, with the advent of, uh, or not the advent with the, uh, ubiquity, let's say of, uh, cycling power, um, and even power in running, uh, 
heart rate as a use of uh, measuring intensity in those two sports at least has certainly decreased. It used to be the only game in town really in cycling, um, sort of in running, but you because you always had pace. Um, but with the advent of power, it certainly diminished. Now, having said that, uh, we both, I think, agreed, Michael and I, that uh, heart rate plays a, a very important role in at least providing context to the power numbers. And so for a more nuanced understanding of how to measure and monitor intensity and training, uh, giving this episode with Michael a listen is well worth your while. Our seventh most popular episode was the second conversation we had with a friend of the show and pro triathlete Cody Beals. Um, Cody's been uh, a supporter of of ours uh, since the beginning of Endurance Innovation and uh, is uh, one of the folks that we go to every time we have a question of uh, how do we? How do you think a pro would would handle a situation like this or a product like that? Uh, so he's one that, even though we've only had him on the show twice, uh, is someone that that Andrew and I talk to on a regular basis. Uh, and this time, um, Cody was on to talk about digging deep and specifically the uh, the psychological impact of these maximal or near maximal efforts. Uh, to, on on a pro triathlete, right? And these are folks who are, for the most part, you know, known to be incredibly mentally tough. Uh, so it was a, a really interesting perspective into what a pro triathlete of, of Cody's caliber uh, goes through in a race and how they approach um, racing and training, uh, when to make the decisions of continuing or pulling the plug on a race. We are just coming out of the, the St. George, of course, Ironman weekend where we saw... Uh, I forget the exact stat, but almost a third maybe of the men's field uh, not finishing the race for one reason or another. Very difficult conditions, difficult course. Interestingly, of course, all the female uh, athletes finish. So kudos to all the women who race St. George. You guys are mentally incredibly strong. Not to say that the men aren't, but uh, um, this conversation with Cody was a real insight into uh, what goes on in the minds of these pro triathletes. So absolutely worth a listen. Plus Cody's so well-spoken. It's just, uh, you know, it's a delight to have these conversations with him. Number nine on our list uh, was a follow-up conversation with founder of Precision Hydration, Andy Blow. Andy was back in August of 2021 to talk about Precision Hydration's philosophy of the three levers of uh, hydration and nutrition uh, for endurance athletes. And uh, what I liked about this conversation was that it really simplified the uh, sometimes very complicated world uh, of sport nutrition. And I'm lumping hydration into nutrition here. Um, And uh, he gave really good actionable advice. So as far as an actionable piece of information for uh, endurance athletes. And, uh, you know, uh, even if you're racing very short races, uh, in-race nutrition is going to be uh, a major factor in your success or lack thereof. Uh, the show is absolutely worth a listen. Um, I still very much subscribe to the um, the talking points that, that Andy delivered on that day. Um, I've done uh, some of the testing that he's recommended uh, and, uh, have changed my my fueling strategy. Well, maybe not so much my fueling strategy, but definitely my hydration strategy, my sodium intake, um, and uh, still very much preach the these the use of the three lever approach to uh, the folks that I coach as well. And finally, rounding out our top ten, I was a conversation from September of 2021 with a Sebastian Schlurike of uh, Aerotune, and this, of course, was on aero testing. Uh, Sebastian is another one of those people that is uh, always on my, 
you know, if I had a speed dial, I'm dating myself now. If I had a speed dial of, of experts I call on different topics, Sebastian would be on my speed dial, number one on my speed dial for uh, questions regarding to aerodynamics. Um, he and uh, his partner Bjorn Kafka, who is who of course does the uh, the metabolic side of at Aerotune, um, they've been on our show. I think I combined five times, uh, and uh, they're always they're always great to have on. Uh, so what Sebastian spoke to on the day that we recorded was uh, a set of recommendations for getting aero testing right. Uh, and uh, as a listener of this podcast, you probably have heard me say a number of times that aero testing is just really hard to get right. Uh, and uh, Sebastian offered sort of three tiers of testing, where if you just want to get pretty close, you want to be in the ballpark, it's actually not that hard to do. And then with uh, you know progressive accuracy demand. So the more accurate, the more repeatable you want your results to be, the more rigorous you must be, of course, in your execution of the of this testing, like, uh, you know, like any kind of scientific process. Uh, and uh, Sebastian laid out the steps and the requirements of, uh, uh, of becoming progressively more accurate. So if uh, aero testing is something that's on your uh, on your to do list for this season, then this episode is absolutely worth a listen. Well, that wraps up our show for today. Those are our top 10 episodes as we stand. Uh, I can't believe that it's been three years. So before I sign off, I want to say a massive thank you to all of you who are listening, uh, all of you who have written to us, sent us notes on Instagram or through email, um, or have uh, written comments and giving us given us reviews on Apple uh, podcasts i certainly you know i always call for those and i really do appreciate them you know it uh it's nice to know that we're not just doing this for ourselves and <laughs> we're not talking into the void that we are uh, providing something that is of value to you and of course finally uh, a huge thank you to those of you who support the show on patreon um, you're helping us pay for for hosting pay for the recording software and the editing software uh Podcasting is not a super expensive proposition. I'm not going to cry poor over here, but the fact that we don't have to at least pay out of pocket for for the software that we use to uh, uh, to bring you the show almost every week um, that really does help. So thank you to our Patreon supporters. You guys are all rock, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone.